0: Hey everyone, it's Matt, and this is Lucas, and this is Thanks for Playing, the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. (laughs) I just know. Okay, I know that's, (laughs) the reason it's funny, it's always funny, but the reason it's really funny right now is because you're yelping in a place you probably shouldn't be yelping.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm um... For those unaware, I'm in the middle of a move, and in the interim, I am staying with some family for a couple weeks. So I just know my, <laughs> I just know my parents are in the other room right now, wondering what the what the hell their son is is doing in his dad's office. So, <laughs> um, that's
0: all that's all good. But Lucas, what's up, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm glad to be recording. I feel like I've gotten to a point with recording where, uh, like, just because we've been doing it so consistently for the past year, or over a year now uh like when we actually get to like a night where we're recording i kind of feel like okay let's reset it's like usually on a monday or early on in the week it's usually a good start to my week to kind of get the uh the brain flowing um i'm pretty ahead on our game schedule so i'm excited to kind of jump into uh the games we've been playing uh during the next few recording sessions and um, yeah, things have been good. I know you knocked, uh, out, like, been
1: good. You knocked out like our three, three of the next games you're doing, including this one today, in like a week.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the next two games I already have done. It was yeah. a long, prosperous Labor Day weekend. I'll say that. <laughs> I love that. How are so, you doing? So get
1: this. So I was walking. I took my dog for a short walk today and I passed one of my neighbors and you know, just casual talk like, oh, hey, how you doing? And here's what they said. I've never heard this before as a response to how you're doing. They said... Oh, what's up? I'm top shelf.
0: Oh. Wait, what
1: do we think of that? So I, I
0: <laughs> top shelf. <laughs> you said top, top shelf's shelf. a thing. I you know that's heard a that. thing.
1: I mean, I know it's like a thing, but I don't know. I've just I was kind of blown away. I've never I've heard, never that heard
0: anyone say top shelf in response to how's it going. But I know say that's top why shelf. I was blown away. I was kind of shook. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did,
0: did the, the neighbors say I am top shelf, or they just said top shelf? He just, he just looked at me and said, top shelf.
1: It was That's crazy, wild. bro. I, didn't, I literally said nothing back afterwards because I was so
0: shook. I think I just stared at him and the, just kept walking. Andrew in the chat said, I'd switch neighborhoods. Switch- <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, honestly, pretty. Sure. Andrew might be onto something. Yeah. It's, it's either like a really good thing or a really bad thing. It's like, <laughs> well, that guy's like 10 years ahead on slang right there. Or he's just weird. It's gonna catch on on Twitter in like uh, two years probably <laughs> I mean people have been saying top shelf so it's not it's not too far off but to to say it after a how's it going is a little bit strange, but yeah a little okay
1: little shook, but it all, I'll tell you what uh I'll tell you what's not top shelf Lucas um brothers, a tale of two sons that is right everyone today we are talking about <laughs> the number one family simulator Fam- just family sim- just family simulator. <laughs> brothers a tale of two sons Whatever soundtrack music that
0: game has, it wasn't even available. That's, right. um, That's right. The 2013 <laughs> indie sensation by Starbreeze Studios, led by the controversial, controversial Joseph Ferras Yes. Uh, 8.2 on IGN. Uh, five out of five stars on JoyStick. Uh, 90 out of 100 uh, on PC for, Metac- for Metacritic on PC and referred to as the best downloadable game at the time since Journey by IGN contributor, writer, producer Ryan McCaffrey. So many problematic
1: things. <laughs> 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 uh, but, but first, before we really dive into things anymore, I uh, would like to give a quick... Brief Synopsis, so you, the wonderful people, have a general idea of what we're talking about and can kind of follow along. Uh, as always, we'll try and keep this general synopsis light and kind of be as spoiler light as we can throughout the podcast, but uh, inevitably some spoilers will come out here and there, um, as is the nature of this podcast. So, um, Brother, A Tale of Two Sons. The story begins with a boy named Naï standing at the tombstone of his dead mother, who drowned at sea while he was unable to save her. His older brother, Naya, calls him to help their ill father reach the village's doctor, who in turn tells them that the only way to save their father is by collecting water from the Tree of Life. So the brothers depart on a journey to reach the Tree of Life and to get what they need to save their father. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, the, that's the basic plot outline. That's pretty much it. It's, yeah, pretty, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty straightforward. There's really
0: not much. Really not much going on. It's yeah. honest. <laughs> That's, That's one, one thing way we'll it. give it. Yeah, very humble. One very way humble, to put it. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess we just jumped straight into initial thoughts. Unless you got anything more on uh, Joseph Foros, uh, maybe we save sort of his his. I mean, he deserves his, his own. Sen- sen- he deserves his own probably episode, to be
1: honest. But just to give everyone a little bit more context, so Joseph Foros his his whole thing is that he's he makes a lot of co op video games. Um, and he comes from a film background. He's Swedish, is that right, Lucas?
0: He's actually Lebanese. Lebanese. Um, okay. He's he was born in Beirut during uh, the Lebanese civil war, and moved to Sweden when he was very young. So he his nationality, I suppose, is Swedish now. He's he's lived there for most of his time. Gotcha. Life. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So
1: grew up in Sweden once he moved there after leaving Lebanon, or was it Lebanon? Is that right? Lebanese civil war. Lebanese. Yeah. yeah. And. Yeah, so he's actually done another game that we played on Lab Podcast, another controversial game as well. uh, A game called A Way Out, which is, I believe, under his studio actually developed uh, Hazelight. I'm pretty sure that's his own in-house studio.
0: And um, Yeah, so I I was a little confused. I should have done a little bit more on this one. But the developer of Brothers A Tale of Two Sons is, is Starbreeze Studios. That's the developer, and it was published by 505 Games. And then Haze Light is his current studio. So I'm not sure if there was a sort of a shift in leadership there or you know he he left and started something else or something like that. But um Starbreeze and Haze Light are his two studios that he's credited for.
1: Yeah, and then as well, he works with EA now. Um and then he also recently, after a way out, he released Again, and let's preface this: all these games he's done are generally well received. So Lucas and I, for what we have coming up here, are going to be a little bit in the minority. But um, you know, A Way Out was well received for the most part. Brothers was very well received, and then the following game they released just this year, uh, what which was called um, It Takes Two, is also extremely well received from what I've heard as well. Um, and that was also released under the Hazelight banner, I believe
0: with That's right.
1: EA Publishing, yeah. So he works with EA as the publishers now. So this guy, yep. his whole repertoire is co-op games and trying to kind of break the mold and be as unique as he can to what he does. Um, and Lucas and I can kind of, we'll get into what we think about that, <laughs> okay, whether just, it works uh, or not, and we'll go check
0: out Check out the uh, A Way Out episode. Uh, it was kind of an early on episode. I think we did it almost a year ago. Um, And, you know, I think we came from a perspective of, like, I was analyzing as much of the gameplay components as I could. Matt was thinking about it more in terms of if we had fun playing it, which, admittedly, it was a fun game for both of us to play co-op. And um, we've included kind of some of our uh, silly little interactions and silly things that happened in that particular episode. but. Um, I think the consensus for A Way Out was that the gameplay just wasn't that polished and wasn't that sharp in terms of your actual control and your actual inputs. So Story, okay, you know. Sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, it's interesting,
1: right? Because I think the reason that we had fun playing A Way Out was because we played it together. It was a co-op game, right? Like, let's say, for example, you and I were – we on the Switch port, this game actually can be co-op. Um, brothers can be co-op and I think like, let's say you and I were able to hang out in person and get this game through and like one day, I think we maybe would have maybe had a little bit more fun with it and been a little bit more forgiving to some of it, like how we were with, um, with, uh, a way out because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously if we we're playing it together, we're gonna have a little bit more fun. But I think the fact that this was a very janky, like non co-op game that probably should be co-op, um, though we played it yeah. individually. I think that might have kind of affected our opinions on it too. And I want to preface: I'm not. Some of you may be thinking now, like, "Oh, Matt and Lucas just didn't play the game the way it was intended to be played." No, this game was actually originally made only single player, and then you controlled each character yourself. Right. Uh, co-op was actually something that was only recently added on to the Switch port, which came out rel- you know much after 2019, so six years
0: later. After not the
1: original. not with the originals at all. Um, so very different in that regard. But yeah. we can get into it a little bit more. Um, Also, really quick, I just want to mention some of the awards this game got is just nutty. Um, I know. I don't know. You might have glossed over it already, Lucas, but Brothers Tale Two Sons, it won the award for best Xbox game um, at the 2013 VGX Awards show, formerly the Spike Video Game Awards. And that's not just like best Xbox arcade game. It's not just a competition with like best, you know, like indie game. That is best Xbox game beating out the likes of Bioshock Infinite, Tomb Raider, (laughs) And Grand Theft Auto 5. I haven't played Tomb Raider, but I have played Grand Theft Auto 5 and Bioshock Infinite. And both are leagues ahead of this game, in my opinion. Not, like,
0: literally not in the same category of of caliber of game whatsoever at all. That's where the disconnect is with this game. I mean, I got another one here. Um, This game at the 2013 BAFTA Awards, which is BAFTA, I think we've referenced it a lot. I'm a big fan of BAFTA. Um, They're kind of a more prestigious... um, you know, uh, I, I'd say that they're more artistically inclined. They're, they're sort of like, if you can consider anything to be like the Oscars of, of video games right now, I would, I would personally argue that it's BAFTA over a lot of these other ones. I think the other ones are, you know, they're, they're important. The Game Awards, uh, the Spike TV ones have been around forever. Um, IGN, of course, always has their top games of the year. Um, but they're a little bit more commercialized as BAFTA being a little bit more of a governing body. Best Game Innovation in 2013, went to Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, beating out Grand Theft Auto V, Papers, Please, and The Stanley Parable. Uh, that's yeah. mind blowing to me. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't want to spend too much- All of games s- we've done for the it,
1: podcast, Stanley Parable yeah. and
0: Papers, Please, yeah. That's true. And, and I don't want to spend too much of the time here just talking about this game beating out other games. I really want to dive into sort of the details of why, why we do feel yeah, this way about yeah. the game. I know me and Matt do feel the same way about this game um so buckle up people this is gonna be just like the 12 minutes episode we just had yes um so we're we're gonna we're gonna dive in uh matt initial thoughts let me hear it yeah so (laughs) my first thoughts when i'm playing this game so
1: you open up the game right and i mean i mentioned this in the synopsis like one of the opening scenes and opening sequences is literally you're playing the younger brother and you're just grieving at your mother's gravestone and you get to see a flashback of how your mother drowned and you weren't able to save her and my god this is like the most the the least convincing
0: (laughs) drowning scene i've ever seen in my life not a great i'm gonna sound like animated well done flashback i think we're
1: gonna sound like a little bit of a dick in this episode a lot too because i think this i think this game tries to be very deep and it just doesn't execute well on certain themes it's going for maybe kind of similar to maybe what was going on in 12 minutes away actually and i was gonna say a way out too yeah but Literally, like, this kid, like, he he grabs his mom and then, like, just lets go. Like, there's no, like, struggle to try and save her. Um, So that was my first impression was, God, this kid freaking sucks. (laughs) And then, moreover, in this game, too, I'm just so blown away because as you're playing this game, you get to do all this incredible athletic shit, like, you're climbing things, you're jumping, you're swinging from ropes, things that would require an incredible amount of muscle strength, you know, like, very, like, gymnastics, basically. But let's... This kid can't just pull his mom out of the water. I don't know what's up with that. But that aside, yep. the first impressions, more so the controls. So, what's really unique about this game and kind of the you know the the gimmick, if you will, that the Joseph was going for, the director was um, you play you control two characters, a younger brother and an older brother, and with one side of your controller, one analog stick and one trigger, you control the younger brother. And on the opposite end with the other analog stick and the other trigger button, um, you control the older brother. And those are really the only playable buttons you have in the game. You have your analogs right. to walk
0: around and then you have the triggers to interact. And, and the, the triggers are just a catch-all interact button. There's no Everything. like yeah. there's no jump button and grab button. It's just that's the jump grab button so you just hold it. The yes. Whole
1: time. It's all like it, literally if you have to go up a ledge, you don't like cl- there's no press A to climb or anything. It's just you'll just walk up it too. Which I can get into that that was actually an issue I had as well, which we can get into oh, later. I have a huge um, issue with that. But um, the controls of the game just don't feel good. And, I mean, immediately, the first action you do is like a team between the boy, or excuse me, the, the, the brothers, the younger and the older brother. The first action you do is basically wheeling your father, your sick father, up to the village doctor. And even then, immediately, I just noticed right away, okay, this doesn't feel good. This isn't controlling. Well, like, when you pick up a game like that, where you're just controlling people, it should be... You know, unless you're flying, unless you're playing a game where you're flying like airplanes on southpaw or whatever, or inverted, and you're not, and, and you haven't done that before, like obviously that might be a little jarring and not very intuitive. But a, a game where you're just controlling people in third person, that should be a relatively intuitive feeling. You know, that's not something we should have to really reinvent the wheel on, and have. To, that's not something that should be, I guess, there. That, that's not something that you should try and like get creative with. In your game per se and i granted like if i was controlling one brother yeah it'd probably be fine but the fact that you're controlling the two and the fact that i don't know it just it doesn't feel good i mean anyone that's played a game will understand like it a game just feels good or it doesn't you know yeah and it yeah. just it, it feels clunky it doesn't feel responsive when you wanted to go a certain way um i think the interact was like very inconsistent at times um like i'd have to be angled at a certain way or like facing it in just the right manner to like interact with a certain lever or something and i was just kind of granted i'll also be fair i was pretty sick while i was playing this game so i might have been getting a little bit more irritated easier but i was uh, lucas was healthy and he was getting irritated too yeah um it was just it was very clearly like just not it, it felt just not polished is the best way i would describe it
0: right and and just i mean i echo pretty much everything you just said right now uh just some housekeeping stuff i mean i played this i played this on switch in single player i played switch as well yeah okay cool single player as as it originally came out so we did not play this game co-op like matt said earlier um we played basically what was the original 2013 version that was released and man i was just not a fan of this one um i was really disappointed um, this game is widely praised. It's won numerous awards, um, and I'm I'm actually blown away at how little I liked it. Um, I I didn't like, uh, you know, we for those of you that have been listening to the show for a while, we have different categories here: game design, art style, sound design. I didn't like a, any of those for this game, um, pretty much at all. And I guess that's a spoiler for getting further into the pod episode. But yeah, my my initial thoughts are, um, like you were saying, Matt. I mean. Every single game, I pick it up and I say, "How do i move it 's the number one thing with most games right and especially this this game is categorized as an adventure game right it's actually it's it's where it's placed right and it 's more just a walking simulator there 's nothing adventure about it i mean it 's adventure in that you walk through some quote adventurous sort of set pieces, uh, but they're all, and I'll get into this later on um, with the art style, they're all very stock. They're all very like, here's the snowy mountain. Uh, here's the troll cave. Here right. is yeah. the, here's the uh, like dream sequence. Here's the spider monster. The wolf chase it's just, scene. Yeah, it's all, yeah, exactly. Here's the dark forest. It's all very like, they're, It's extremely cliched and and like just plays on like a fable style fantasy genre thing um, and doesn't give any of itself any liberties. It doesn't do anything original in terms of like where it goes. Um, It's a walking simulator game. Uh, I, I truly it just is a walking simulator game where every single action takes both the older brother and the younger brother. So. There's, and there's no changing. There's no alternate routes. There's no choices in what you do any of your inputs for. So if you go up to some ledge that you can't get up, you just walk the older brother up there, and then you walk the younger brother up there. You push both buttons, and now the younger brother gets thrown up there or yeah. whatever. It's It's a very rudimentary way to think about here are two separate characters that you're controlling at the same time. It doesn't actually ever feel that way because there's nothing that separates it from being what would be just a one single entity in any regular walking simulator game, like a Journey, which we have done for this podcast as well. Um, A game that has really great movement and incredible art style and looks amazing and is just, I mean, if you want to know more, you can go ahead and check out our Journey episode as far as comparing walking simulator games, but like, This game, the core of it is supposed to be two brothers that you're controlling at the same time, two separate entities are needed to accomplish certain tasks. But because the tasks that you're doing are so minimal, it doesn't even really end up mattering that there's two of them, in my opinion. It just felt like a long gimmicky way to accomplish the same thing that you would accomplish in any regular game. The only time, and I know you'll agree with me on this one, was at the very end after, and again, we're in spoiler territory, um, after the older brother does die, and then the younger brother has to do some tasks on his own, then it kind of like comes full circle with the control scheme, but only yeah. for like five seconds, literally. And it, it doesn't, it's not a big enough payoff to make up for three or four hours of just lame walking simulator gameplay.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this kind of rolls into game design too, but something you mentioned as well was just how when you're, you know, you're, you're not like interacting, like jumping, there's no jump button, you're just literally walking up these ledges, right? And in a way that makes the game, am I, it makes the game disgustingly linear, because Yet. there's no creativity, like, there's no, it, it, there's no thinking that has to be done on the side of the player, because there's no, oh, what ledge can I jump up? You don't like explore different areas, you just... You're just walking up to different ledges and seeing, oh, well, will my character go up this one? Oh, I guess they do. This must be the right way to go. And there could very easily you know, be another ledge you know, on the other side of the screen that also looks climbable, but it's not because that's just not where you're supposed to go. And right. we kind of brought it up a little bit, too, and I'm not sure where a good place to bring it up is, so I want to bring it up now. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey from IGN compared this game to basically calling it just as good as Journey, And I'm not even exaggerating, like, I'm actually, I I think that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's genuinely rude and insulting to the team at Journey and the game that Journey is. I mean, for those of you that haven't played it, play that game, go listen to our episode on it. That game is absolutely incredible. I consider that game almost like a spiritual, like, meditative experience. It is so good and the best, if you want to call it a walking simulator, the best walking simulator game out there, in my opinion. Absolutely incredible. And it's kind of funny, because even while I was playing this game, the whole time I was playing it, I was thinking to myself, this kind of feels like it's trying to be like Journey, but it's just really bad and not even close to it. And yeah. to see a fucking IGN pundit come out with
0: that and try and, yeah. <laughs> try and yeah. compare
1: it to Journey is just actually makes me upset.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have the article here. It's a 2012 uh, article by Ryan McCaffrey at IGN, and the headline is, is Star Breeze's." brothers the next journey um and the byline is for once movies and games collide in a good way and uh McCaffrey goes on to talk about the um the world building in the game and the, the interactions that you have with the NPCs in the game which I think are extremely surface level and really not that great which yeah, is something that I was, that a lot I was of,
1: reading it and like you didn't even play the game and
0: like, yeah, have you heard a lot of, like <laughs> Like there's so many other games that like bring
1: movies to like fucking heavy rain was out before this thing I think that came out in 2011 like dead space was out before
0: this yeah there's so Uh, many other like like, every call of duty was out before this those are like those are literally like playing an action video game yeah and this is like I I don't know what movie this game is trying to be if if this game was trying to be a movie it's just like a lame straight to Netflix fantasy like TV show it's, yeah. it's nothing there's there's nothing unique or brave or challenging about the genre that it's in about the setting um, I mean at the very end the older brother dies that's the big thing that's supposed to be like very heartbreaking but it's it's not truly a sad thing that happens because it's sad by nature of an older brother dying is sad to a younger brother right and I don't know Matt you you have you're a younger brother to an older sister, I have two older brothers. So, if this game is going to emotionally hit for anybody, I believe that it should hit for somebody like me. I think. And Joseph Faraos is also a brother. His, in fact, his brother Faras Faraos is an actor that's been in pretty much all of his movies. Dude, I, and guess, so I, noticed, I
1: saw that. And I was like, is, is that really his name?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And and uh, well, at least at the very least, his stage name. Sure. Um, and Faras also played Leo in A Way Out. Voiced him. So Did it's like, oh, okay. Joseph, I, I think really, his, if you want to call Joseph Farras uh, an auteur video game developer, he's, he's thinking in terms, of, he has a very close relationship with his brother and he's trying to establish that and create that through the games that he makes. I respect that. I get that. But to me, this game, you know, coming from especially a film background, it's like if you're trying to create sadness within the audience, then you have to earn that. You can't just say, hey, dead brother. Look how sad that is. Like it actually feels like the older brother deserved that death because he actually like He got them in that mess in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So even within the context of the story, you don't even feel that bad for the older brother. You almost feel like this idiot, why did he Yeah, and for full context, the way he dies is
1: they get basically the the encounter of this girl that's being like sacrificed or like in a ritual or something, and then you save her and then she leads you to like a cave and is like very blatantly flirting with the bro- the older brother, like kissing him and stuff, and then she tries to lead him in the cave. And then the younger brother is like, "Bro, no!" Like, "Are you kidding me?" And then, of course, the older brother is like, uh, "Yeah, we're going in there." Yeah. And the second they get in there, she transforms into a giant spider and tries to kill them, and they defeat her. But in the process, the brother the dies. The older brother older gets, brother gets stabbed and um, gets a wound, but it's not even a epic or meaningful death or wound that he sustains in that moment. It's not like he's saving anyone per se. It's just like an afterthought, right? You know, it's not like he pushes Naid out of the, or whatever the younger brother's name is out of the way. It's just, oh, like this, you know, the spider leaves one last punch and happens to be on the older brother. And it's just, and up to that point, depending on how fast you've played this game, you've probably been playing for two and a half, three, two hours, something like that. And that's not enough time to build any kind of connection with a character to make you feel bad when they die, other than the fact that it's like a brother. And beyond that too, I mean, let's pretend there was di- I mean, it, it is possible to build, you know, maybe a good connection with a character up to that point, but with like the dialogue that they have in the game, it's just not happening. Cause the all the only dialogue is gibberish. It just sounds like Sims talking, right? So there's no actual character development. The only character development is maybe a little bit at the end, wherein the younger brother finally swims. But other than that, it's it's a very flat game the whole way. There's no real beats, you know, like emotional beats, other than, oh, the mom died in the beginning, now the brother's dead. Those those are your two beats right there,
0: your emotional beats. Um, Yeah, exactly, exactly. it's, It's a very flat game. Exactly. And uh, just to round out on game design, I'm going to just kind of throw one more thing out there. Um, I understand the game is not meant to be a technical challenging game. Um, there's no, it's not a difficult game at all. And um, it's not really trying to be challenging whatsoever. And I get that. But if if you're not offering challenge problem solving or anything for the player to kind of chew on um, in terms of game design, then what are you trying to push? What, what point are you trying to make with your game design? You know, maybe you're trying to push an idea. Maybe you're making the game simple in order to focus on story or world building. We see that in video games all the time. It's like, this game isn't difficult. It's just a great story. It's like, right. okay, cool. Like, then give me a great story, right? This game is not difficult, but it has a really great message about difficulty or anxiety or, you know, something like that. And to me, this game doesn't do any of that. It's just simple because it's trying to be deep, um, but it doesn't. It fails actually, to be deep. It fails to be deep. Yeah, and and maybe it's me and Matt being cynical mid twenty year olds, uh, not feeling very very deep about this game. Maybe if we had like, maybe if we were really young or we were very impressionable teenagers, this would be a very deep game for us. Um, maybe if we had you know a brother that or a sibling that did end up passing away. Maybe that's a very, very hard thing to deal with, and that's very touching, and it's tough. Um, But in the same vein, I don't think it's a very well-earned... Within the context of the game, it's like, we don't have to have gone through something as traumatizing as the characters go through to identify with them. If you're making a story, you can make us identify with your characters no matter what their situation Mm -hmm. is. We see that in fantasy and epics all the time. Um, And I don't know. I don't know. It just really bothers me that, you know, you you, you could really, if, if you're going to make your game simple, it's, I mean, Journey is simple. There's nothing technically challenging about Journey. I know we keep going back to it, but there's nothing very challenging about it. But it has a very clear message uh, that can be open to impression uh, or not, right? <laughs> I mean, it could be taken very literally or yeah. it could be like kind of taken into uh, in terms of a lot of different things. But I mean, at the very least... It's not demanding so much, and it gives you something to like look at and it gives you something to think about. This game didn't do any of that for me.
1: Yeah, and I just I don't understand why it got good reviews, honestly, at the end of the day, too. I mean, kind of you, you glanced over it a little bit here just now and to kind of dig a little bit deeper, you know. Um when I think when the, when Lucas and I look at games and when we try and evaluate any, I think any medium that Lucas and I Choose to look at whether we're talking about with each other. We're talking about like a, um you know a movie, a book, a video game. You know you got to ask yourself how good is it at doing what it's trying to do, right? You know, um, and to be fair, like we have kind exactly. of criticized some of like the controls and stuff, and maybe some like the puzzles not being anything or the game being too linear. And to be fair, maybe the game's not trying to like be good at those things. But what I think very clearly, I think what the game is trying to be good at is. Having this emotional story that you get invested in that is this beautiful scenic journey. And I'm sorry, but I just objectively, it's not that. And yeah, when I see these outlets giving it eight and Metacritic having it 90 out of 100, it just blows me away. And even the yeah. moments where, like, there's moments too where the game encourages you to stop and sit and just view the scenery, right? um there's a lot of video games that will do that maybe i mean i think journeys like that they have a few moments where you kind of just like pause and a view what's well, around you and see the beauty well i know that
0: um i think ghost of Su- some games have started to do that more because i know that like red dead has viewpoints and red dead of tsushima does too uh, like any assassin's um,
1: creed game has viewpoints that usually breath look of the wild breath of the wild, of the wild has towers a good example. and stuff but in this game i mean the the art's not good i mean the graphics aren't good. I mean, I'm not saying like... And I get that the game was released in, what, 2013? So obviously it's going to be a little bit aged in that regard. But I mean, shit, Journey came out in 2012. Twelve. Um, and it looked incredibly much better than Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. And I mean, shit, Red Dead probably came out around the same
0: time too. And... All the Assassin's Creed's that had come out around that time. I mean, you might have had two or three before that, which at least uh had I mean they were using on a they're using a completely different engine and had a, a way bigger budget, but I mean I guess Journey would be the best comparative thing because it was also an indie game. But it's like if if you can't achieve the realism and the scale of something. What, it's like, 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 it why script, that? like why would yeah, you try and flex that? Like why would you try and flex a shitty viewpoint? <laughs> exactly. Go, go you know, pull some tricks with your art style. And I guess we're getting inadvertently into art style here, but you know, if you're if you're an indie game and you don't have a large budget, you can't go for the scale and the realism of something like a Red Dead or an Assassin's Creed world. At the very least, you can develop an art style that looks different, that is like brave enough, challenging enough, different enough to where somebody views it goes, oh, that looks different instead of this looks like a discount version of the other thing. Right. And I mean, it just ends up looking to me like Everything looks stock. I mean, I keep going back to that. It's just like, this looks like it was a bunch of assets that were gathered from, uh, like, workshops. Uh, and, like, I mean, it runs on the Unreal Engine. So, it's like, it just seems like it's just downloadable, like, assets from someplace. And it's just kind of put together. And it, it just doesn't feel very unique. Yeah. What, and, like, we're being up. a little bit harsh, maybe. But, I mean,
1: again, just to kind of dig into it more. I mean, think about other games that have come out, you know, post-2010 or 2012 that look. Good, right, and that aren't trying to like look in phenomenal. A perfect example of that would be a game like Hyperlight Drifter, very like beautiful pixel art, you know, sixteen-bit whatever game, right? Um, and I mean, that, I could think—I'm sure I could come up with a million. Papers, well, please, even right? I was like, going to say papers, please, yeah, over um, DIN.
0: yeah. It's like a game like does not. We've t- <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about this on this podcast quite a bit. It's like one of our recurring themes is a game doesn't have to like you, a game can look like anything. A game like if you play a game like Oberdin, which everybody go check out our, our very first episode, which is on the, uh, uh, Return of the Oberdin. Uh, it has no color, like it's a black and white, like kind of low poly, you know, mis- murder mystery game. It's like that's what I want to play. You know, I want to play something that like looks super different and challenges me and like just. It doesn't have to have full color. It could be black and white. It could be low poly. It could be weird looking. It could be full like 16-bit pixel style like Papers Please or Hyperlight Drifter. It could be a it could be like hand paint. I mean, if you have the resources, right? Like Nintendo. It could look like Breath of the Wild, like yeah. kind of stripped down not to the scale of like as many objects on screen like like a Red Dead or an Assassin's Creed, not as dense as like a Cyberpunk, but f- leans into what it's trying to do, which is Wide landscapes, big fields, right? And like, I mean, a game could look like anything, uh, especially nowadays, you know, with, with the resources that are available. And just to take an engine and make it look like, to just do nothing, it, it just bothers me a little bit. Yeah, it's... Uh, getting getting uh, real hot yeah. in here. <laughs> yeah, getting real hot in here. Uh, I'll, I'll keep continue along into art style, uh, reviewing some of my notes here. But um, the character design. It's just really boring. <laughs> it's just like you take one look at that poster, uh, and for those of you listening, just Google "Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons," and you will see the two main characters, and they look like they look like nothing to me. Uh, they don't, of course, they don't get. We've talked about it. We, they don't develop at all throughout the no. story. They don't really change um, or or anything. They just look like an older brother and a younger brother, and they kind of just look a little boring, um, pretty uninspired in terms of like kind of the landscape and where you go um i th- i know i made that that i said that earlier but it's like you it's be- it's like somebody got a fantasy setting uh l- list of items and just checked all the boxes off on those items it's like it's like okay, trolls. Do fantasy for dummies yeah it's like trolls okay check uh snowy mountains okay check uh okay they're gonna be in a boat at one point all right cool oh yeah monsters in the water okay check oh oh colt People going to sacrifice a a woman okay yeah check um how about a mine in a big cavernous mine with trolls inside of a mountain all right check and like it just checks off all those boxes and then does nothing creative with the those boxes right it's just you go inside that cavernous uh mine there's not even any lighting effects in there that that I, i know i told you that earlier matt it's just like You'd think that if you were in a dark cavernous place in a video game, there would be some sort of dramatic lighting. Maybe everything's lit by flames. Maybe sunlight is peeking in through cracks in the side or maybe it's reflecting off the water that's streaming through the bottom of the mind. Anything, anything. No, no. in this game, it's just a flat looking lit, fully lit thing and you just walk through it. That's, that's what the mind looks like. It doesn't distinguish itself at all. It doesn't feel different. For many of the other areas. It doesn't even, I can't even call out like specific music that changed or made an impact on me during that specific time.
1: Yeah, and then beyond that too, I mean, just the character designs are bad. The trolls are very like, just look very boring. Um, the spider woman is very boring. I mean, oh. Yeah. The, the only part that was like kind of interesting and cool was at the end, the, or towards the end of the game, you encounter like a giant, battlefield that had literally giants fighting that part was kind of cool just seeing them it was like they were set well i think i talk a lot about set pieces like it i i, I kind of try and think of it like the set design of like a player or something and i thought it was set up well um that's like one of my only bright parts of the game is i thought it was designed set was designed well um but other than that like yeah everything was just boring stock lighting was boring and bland um yeah just not not good not good <laughs>
0: Yeah. all right we're we're man I, I feel bad I think we're like don't <laughs> don't. <laughs> really really yeah 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 it's true I mean we're really going in here it's just I guess we're going as much in as we did with 12 minutes um, yeah I guess lesson to any any uh, game developers out there that are listening to this way down the line because we're if we ever get if we ever get there you know make your game nice to look at at the very least And at least nail that sound design. I mean, for God's sake, at
1: least this game didn't go into incest. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) God, that would have been weird. (laughs) That would have been really weird uh, with this one. But yeah, I mean, a game doesn't even necessarily need like a a complex story. Video games as a medium are are in this really unique zone. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately since we've been playing so many of them is... You you don't, and we've we've played older games too. We've gone all the way back to Super Nintendo era and played Super Nintendo, Chrono Trigger. Your game just needs to sell what it's selling well. It really doesn't need to like build the greatest looking or realistic looking thing, right? Like um, right now, one of the games we're playing and we'll be announcing it in a couple of weeks is a GameCube game. Um, and I just finished playing it. It's going to be one of our games in October. And this game, like, its backgrounds are flat and drawn. And it's, it, it does these cheats that, you know, obviously GameCube games had to do where like the walls are sort of have objects on them, but they're flat and they're painted and they're low poly and all that. And that's fine, right? At, like all I need to know is that like the game developer put some effort into at least building that set out. It didn't need to be a yeah. million polys or anything. I mean, I don't go to a play and watch a theater play and go, oh, I could see the curtain. Like, they didn't even obstruct it. It's like you, you will, your audience will suspend the disbelief. So, we're, it's not that you necessarily need an art style that's going to completely take it to the next level or imbue all this realism in it. It just needs to sell it well. That's, that's my thing that I've learned. I don't know um, if you agree, Matt.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, not every game has to be like freaking. Horizon Zero Dawn level of graphics, right? Or anything like that, or incredible realism. It just has to do what it's doing well. And when your game looks like it was all taken from stock photos, you know, it's not doing, what's <laughs> supposed to, you know, it's not selling. Uh, I wanna move into sound design because, uh, I don't know about you, Lucas. I have, <laughs> I was thinking back on my notes, or I was writing up my notes earlier, and I was thinking back, and I have, I have literally zero memory of the soundtrack.
0: Do, do yeah. you have more positive things to yeah, say? Or, um, no, I don't. I don't okay. have anything on the soundtrack. Uh, sound design, nothing really there either. To be honest, the on the, uh, it was frustrating
1: because <laughs> wow. the dialogue. I, I understand that it's supposed to be like a random kind of indiscriminate language. That it's not actually supposed to be like. There's not supposed to be the the intention is that there's not supposed to be an actual dialogue for us to listen to other than recognizing the names of the brothers but it's such a garbled mess that whenever they try and talk to each other or whenever they try and interact with another character it's genuinely distracting (laughs) and it it just is like why do you sound like that they they sound like characters out of the sims except worse and i played Mm -hmm. a lot of sims growing up and it just sounds like incredibly worse than
0: that it was just yeah. very bad, very bad. Exactly. And it feels I don't know, to me it just feels a little out of place. Like it it just feels like you didn't want to write dialogue and you didn't want to write you didn't want to record voice lines, so you just kind of do broad gestures with characters and there's no subtlety, there's nothing. And again, it would it would be different if like this was a game that Man, I I mean, I keep going back to. I mean, I played, I've played and loved games that have no dialogue and and do a lot of storytelling. I mean, let's think about a game. um,
1: A a game we mentioned earlier, right? Papers, please, right? Yeah. Um, Actually, I said we did that for the podcast. We have, and that was our proof of concept. We'll do it eventually for the podcast properly. Properly. Um, Papers, please, is a game where they don't actually have a. There's no voice. Uh, there's no proper voiceover. There's no proper dialogue. Whenever there's any like character speaking or dialogue exchange between your character and another, it's just kind of like a grumbled, distorted. Um,
0: uh, I don't know how to describe. It sounds it, like a warp. It sounds like a warped like voice. Disguising. Like a warped,
1: distorted voice that's been distorted so much that you can't actually make out what it originally was. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. But it sounds cool, and it actually like it works. Whereas in this game whatever the garbled mess they're saying is just like it's very it's just, just lazy it's lazy it's distracting it sounds like that you know Joseph and a couple people just went to the mics and just like spat nonsense and no and un, we'll, we'll throw some of it in yeah
0: just just to, just for a good measure so the audience can understand but yeah uh yeah not much for sound design there um I, I know one of the things is like I mean the sound at least works like at least it doesn't like at least it's, like, level. It yeah. yeah, it doesn't break or it's not off or anything like that. So, at the very least, minimally, it's passable. But, yeah, nothing nothing really big there. All right. Uh, the MPC Award. What do you got Oof. for this one?
1: Um, what did I have? <laughs> I have the mom. Um, okay. The mom that dies in the beginning. And my reasoning was... My, my exact notes here are, the mom, she didn't deserve any of this. <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's all I got. I, um, okay, her mom had a got, crappy son that couldn't save her. <laughs>
0: that's right. I'm I got. Uh, going to go ahead and give this to the dad. Um, actually, I, I'm, I'm giving it to him for putting up with all your bullshit. Uh, he lost his wife uh, because of the little brother. Yeah, he lost the wife because of the little brother. Couldn't do anything on that boat. Then he wakes up from a coma to find out that his eldest son is dead. Uh, he's got a lot to put up with. I mean, I, <laughs> he's got a lot of <laughs> <just> baggage. <laughs> yeah, it's just, he's got a lot of baggage there. And, and you know uh, that home is awful for the little brother now, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's the eldest son, man. The eldest yeah. son just died. That's a, in, in in that setting, according to the rules of the genre and everything, it's like, that's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Yeah. All right. Uh, Companion piece, piece? picks. All right, Matt. You go first on this one. So
1: unfortunately, I can't use Billy Eilish twice in a week or twice in a <laughs> row on games. So uh, for this one, I'm going with Lord of the Rings um, for an actual good companion journey of two two friends slash kind of brothers. Okay. Yeah. Pretty straightforward on that one. That's all I got. I haven't even watched Lord of the Rings in ages. I just know I liked it. Um, with you know Frodo and all those, and Sam and those 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 guys those, those Gimby, guys Aragorn and yeah. um specifically I'm, I'm I'm trying to focus in on the Frodo Sam you know you know Brotherhood there um but yeah I mean I just remember I liked them, and I was thinking oh those guys are kind of like brothers man that's all I got
0: yeah um I'm gonna be honest man I don't have a companion piece pick really I've opted out that's hot I'm opted op- out I'm officially opting out. out of a companion piece pick. I like. I mean, you say Lord of the Rings. That's the first thing that comes to mind, just because it's like High two fantasy. brother-like characters, fantasy, walking from point A to point B with a mission, right? But and also at the end of this game, at the end of Brothers, you do they do fly away on a bird and get out and just fly all the way back home. So there is that ending. It's very similar. But yeah. I don't think this is worthy enough for uh, l- just watch Lord of the Rings, everybody. It's it's amazing. Like you don't need to. Companion piece, pick it with anything, um, especially this game, it, it's, it's going to be great on its own. This game, I, I literally can't think of anything that, this, this didn't evoke anything in my head to bring any other pieces of media, whether it's film or music or movies or anything, it, it didn't bring anything to mind. Brutal i yeah. love that i do have a favorite moment though really because i helped will... okay. yeah. it out of that <laughs> okay all right perfect <laughs> yeah, my that... favorite moment uh is the moment when you're traversing like the bridge castle area when the two brothers are tied together oh that was um, kind of fun that was like the only that was part. cool and I'll, I'll give my reasoning as to why that was a part with some genuine game design to me uh, you had to learn how to do inputs uh you had the risk of actually dying and losing Um, and you got better at it and smoother as you learned how to do it through that level. So if you consider that to be a level, it's like, hey, we're gonna introduce this mechanic to the level. You have to learn how to utilize this mechanic in order to uh, traverse this area. And as you traverse that area, you get better at the mechanic all the way to the end point where you, if you make any one mistake, you'll just you'll just die, and you'll have to kind of start all over. And I did die a couple of times, and I was like, okay, awesome, I die, I like this. This is a good thing. I died because I could not get it together. Time to get it together, Lucas. And I learned how to do it, and you finish it up. That's level design. That's game design right there. Um, you know, think back to like any classic Mario game or any do- like old. Donkey Kong game or Donkey Kong Country game for Super Nintendo it's like here's a level here's a a quirky thing about this level Uh, we're going to introduce it to you in a safe environment first then it's going to get a little bit harder then it's going to get a little bit harder then you're going to have a climax to that mechanic and then you're going to beat the level that's what it felt like during that moment and that's why it's a favorite moment I wish every zone was like that would (laughs) have been really cool but unfortunately it just wasn't
1: yeah yeah
0: also, incredible grip
1: strength by those boys supporting each other on the rope. I was very blown away by that. Yeah,
0: that grip strength would have been really great.
1: Really great when with mom, mom was, was driving. <laughs> yeah. Right, Christ.
0: Um, All right, nit nitpicks. Picks. I think we can
1: skip skip nitpicks, right? Yeah, one of those days where we can skip nitpicks for sure. All right. um, Let,
0: okay, can I can I talk about Joseph Ferras now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have a category here that we do at the end of every episode, and it's the category is officially: Would you play other games from this developer? Um we have played other games from this developer. Uh, we've played A Way Out. Um, and if you want, again, you could check out our Way Out episode. And uh, we've definitely talked, uh, we talked a lot about that game and kind of have, I have very similar feelings about this game as I did about A Way Out. Um, but I will say that A Way Out was far, far better um, than Brothers here, especially playing it as a co-op experience with Matt for the podcast. It actually was fun in hindsight in a lot of different ways. I will I will go on record saying that. But um, I, I just don't think that this game really quite gets there. And I think I wish I did more research on um, on Joseph Ferras with A Way Out, but I did quite a bit of research on him uh, for this game here. And he's got quite an interesting story. Uh, He was born in Beirut during the Lebanese Civil War, and him and his family escaped to Sweden when he was very young. And he started off as a filmmaker and made his first feature, which was a Swedish comedy in the year 2000. And he's been making video games since 2013. So from 2000 to 2010, he was making Swedish feature films um, and just started off on Video Games Brothers here, which was his first video game. Um, and Joseph Ferras is really known as a very cocky and kind of somewhat controversial figure in the space. Um, best known for a 2017 Game Awards stunt, he did pull. Um, it's his famous fuck the Oscars speech. You can look it up on YouTube. Um, basically, he was saying that he was saying he was a passionate, crazy guy and the Game Awards are where the passionate, the truly passionate and crazy people are and the Oscars are not where it's at. And I think he's coming from a filmmaker standpoint saying something like that. The audience cheered, people loved it. It's kind of become an internet meme. A lot of people talk about it. Um, And he certainly has his fandom for saying something like that, especially during a time when the Oscars have been more now more than ever been kind of at least in that time period, on 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 fire for a lot of you know Oscars controversy. If you remember, Oscars so white um, and sort of boys club things like that with the Oscars going on then. Um, and I, I, it's gonna sound like I'm pulling sound bites here because he, he did say quite a bit of things during the Oscar speech that I don't quite agree with. Um, and you could also watch an IGN unfiltered interview that he had um, where he he talks about that. Um, I certainly certainly recommend giving that a listen. It's about an hour long interview, um, but he talks about that that speech at the very beginning. And um, Joseph Ross, I'll put it this way: he outright said that if he came to Hollywood within an eight to nine month period, he would be the director that everybody would want to work with, everybody. And I just don't agree with that. I, I, I mean, I just I just flat out objectively d- don't think that that would happen. Um, he he is very very firm in in what he believes within, in within himself he believes he's that guy he's a, he's great he, everything he makes is amazing he even flat out said um if you didn't like a way out it's because you didn't get it because it is quote objectively a great game it is just a great game and you can't play that game and understand it and not think it's great disagree with that as well because you can go listen to our episode on that um Man, I'm really, really going in here. Matt, I apologize. No, it's good. I mean
1: I'm at a weird spot because I think I do think personalities like his are important to help advance other people in this space. And at the end of the day, when you do get people like him, people that are really shooting for the stars and really believe their own hype, you do ultimately you will get some great people. Like that's how you'll get, you know, the um the Quentin Tarantinos of the world, right? The people that really do sincerely believe in their own hype that much. But at the end of the day bravado only goes so far and where i mean lucas can kind of get into this as well i'm sure where i think it's kind of a shame is that this guy is kind of trying to make himself out to be like the quirky face of gaming in that regard and like kind of trying to be like oh i'm the auteur of gaming right like i'm the quentin tarantino of gaming where i don't really think he deserves that title and i feel like he he really does believe in his own hype and Credit to him for that regard, you know, to an extent. Fake it till you make it. And I do, you know, confidence is good. But I don't like the idea of someone like that makes the games he's made um, being like the face of things, per se. Because, I don't know. I mean,
0: maybe I'd rather have someone like Suda51 be the face, you know? Someone like that. Yeah, that's more worthy of an auteur status, for sure. Um, And I agree with what you said. It's, I, I, you know. I say this as somebody who loves Tarantino. I love people like Kanye West, even uh, people that I, I believe have made genuinely great work and also happen to be very cocky and outspoken. Um, but I don't I don't think that Joseph Ross has has made a, a good game that I've played. I mean, I guess we could play it takes two later down the line for the pod, so I can kind of round out on my on my critique here. but i I just don't think that these games are I think they're halfway between movies and games, but not fully either one. Um, I mean, we've just gone through and broken down the whole thing here, so I don't need to do it. But I'm, I'm just a simple game critic with a podcast. And I guess gotta say, I'm not a fan of the mentality that he brings to the table. And I'm a film guy. And I'm not a huge fan of the Oscars. But I want to say that to outright say fuck the Oscars is crazy. Uh, it's like, doesn't, it's not productive. It's not, it's not creating any discourse. It's not creating any sort of conversation. I mean, the people at the Oscars aren't coming out and saying like, oh, fuck the game awards or like fuck BAFTA, you know, for giving out for video games suck. They're not saying things like that. I mean, video games are an artistic medium, just like anything else. They do things well, they do things not so well. Yeah. And that you'll find that with, you know, a, video games can't tell as good of a story mostly as a book could. Right. And like film and music and theater and plays, everything has its own place as far as mediums go. And to reject the governing body for the quality of a medium, it just is outrageous. And I think that, I think that Joseph Farras, uh, I mean, it's, it's problematic, right? Because it shuts down a lot of people that, I mean, video games are in a space where they're not as respected as a medium as like film right? I mean, historically. And with with stunts like the fuck the Oscar speech, it kind of hurts us as a community, I'd say. And it makes people not really want to respect video games that much because yeah. how could you, if, if you're trying to get people who love a medium like film to play more video games, to understand more video games, to to want to play video games, and they hear a fuck the Oscar speech. What what is going to make them want to play your game? What is going to make them want to play the game? It's just like a, it's a very combative stance to really. It's play. us versus I'm, them. That's the mentality. Exactly. know yeah, exactly. oh, she's and not I, a healthy mentality. I'm off my soapbox now. That's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say here. I um, I can tell this guy really rattled the, art, the artistic side of you. Well, it's just, I'm a fan of discourse, right? Like, yeah. I, I always say it too, it's like, if if anybody here disagrees with my video game opinions, join our Discord and let's talk about it too. Or like, even send me a DM. Like, we this this podcast format is made so that me and you talk about video games. And even when we disagree, hey, like, it's fine. We can talk about our disagreement, but I'm totally against combative discourse when it comes to things. Like, coming at somebody or coming at even a group of people with an opinion as aggressive as like, fuck the Oscars. This is where it's at kind of thing is like, it's not right. It doesn't create anything productive. And that's, that's where I, that's where I stand. I'll stand by that. I think.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think, I think, um, what the hell I'm blanking on his name again. What's it? I think, um, Joseph, Joseph, I think Joseph, what I take from him is that he made a few shitty films in Sweden that didn't catch on. And then he took his talents to make mediocre video games instead. And now he thinks he's the shit in video games. And I think this is his way of getting back at being probably not a great director. Um, now, to be fair, <laughs> I know Lucas and I are in the minority again on this. Um, this game overwhelmingly got pretty good reviews, actually. Let's take a look at a few. IGN gave it a 8.2 out of 10. Joystick gave it a 5 out of 5 stars. Um, overwhel- everywhere on Metacritic, it got you know 90 at on the PC, 80. Yeah. 80 everywhere except the Switch, which was a 79 and whatever roundup. Um, overwhelmingly positive. So, obviously, Lucas and I are the minority, and you know, we can recognize that maybe this game just really isn't a Lucas and Matt game at the end of the day, and maybe it's a maybe it's a you game, maybe you play it and you love it. And if you do, you know, tell us why, shoot us an email, thanks for playing pod at com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and we, we can acknowledge that, you know. Lucas and I, while our while our rating is final, you know, make 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 no mistake on that. <laughs> um, we can acknowledge that you know our opinions might be unique to us at times as well. So we're not uh, we're not trying to be combative combative like Joseph is with our opinions. I guess is not the point Agreed. I'm trying to make. Um, but I would like to mention because um, the the main question in this section is, would you play the games from this developer and Lucas, you're gonna hate me, but um, while while we were playing this, actually, I added to the games, or while we were recording this, I added to the games list. It takes two. We gotta we gotta right. finish the trifecta. We got it? Yeah, it's it's our, maybe it, it's maybe our, this yeah. is it. I, I, that one's gotten great reviews, and you know who knows? Maybe this is the one that finally if, makes if us that one uh, is also bad. Believers.
0: If that one's also bad, I will officially, like, make the claim that we're living in some sort of pocket universe or something. Or, like, me and you are just, like, downloading the wrong game. Something <laughs> insane. Because, like, if he's 0 for 3 in my head, I- I'm just confused at that point. I'm almost, like, afraid that you're going to have to have, like a...
1: like a like, a spiritual retreat before we play that. Just to, like, make sure you go into it with a clean mind. I had a clean mind on this one, though. I don't
0: know. Like, legit. Like, I had nothing going on. I played it. like Either way. I, I, I sat down. I was on my couch. Like, I wasn't hungry. I wasn't <laughs> sick. I just played the game.
1: Well, either way, the answer for both of us, would you play their games, is yes, because I'm going to make Lucas play It Takes Two. Uh, final conclusive thoughts. Does this earn my Segoia approval? No. For all the reasons stated above, don't need to be a dead horse with a stick. Lucas, how about you?
0: Uh yep, same does not earn my seal of approval here yeah. um not uh for all the reasons that were stated above, yeah all right, so everyone, now we have reached the
1: fun point of the podcast where Lucas and I each give our ratings out of ten um ten plus ten equals twenty um this rating upsurps all others upsurps i g n upsurps Metacritic upset or upsurps any other gaming outlet. Who's- Usurps, upsurps, whatever. Usurps, upsurps. Is it not upsurps? I... <laughs> no, no, no. You, have, you not, have you not listened to Watch Game of Thrones, The usurper, Robert Baratheon? The
0: Usurper. Yeah, it's Usurper. Whatever. I just I just, just Googled it. It's okay.
1: Usurper, Adam <laughs> <laughs> oh i can't wait for that to come back um all right so we looks like every ratings out of 10 i uh, we add them up to get to 20 we'll see where we land at all right lucas um when i say go all right can you work with me on that okay yeah all right when i say go we'll each give our rating out of 10 three two
0: one go Four. four. Oh,
1: okay.
0: wow both gave it a four that's, that's kind of my my bottom i feel like i haven't given you gave um, a four. No, you gave a way out like, a three no not a way out you gave our game 12, gym, minutes, 12 a minutes a four three i
1: gave 12 minutes a four no you gave it a three did i really i'm pretty positive you gave it a three we'll have no, to go back I and think, double check
0: i think i gave it a four because i i'm almost i'm almost positive i gave it a four
1: no i think you gave it a three because i think you said a three means the game is literally broken <laughs>
0: no no because i said no it's four because if it got lower than a four it means that it's unplayable like it's not it's oh buggy and okay. it doesn't work yeah yeah fair yeah, enough so I, four four is like the minimum in on my scale a minimum for a game that's at least working all right so yeah. four plus four that is eight that puts
1: us in the sakura zone yeah. yeah yeah sakura zone uh that puts us officially in the sakura zone not a great zone to be in as we all know Um, maybe if we're talking like late Shippuden Sakura, it could be better, but still not great. (laughs) Still not not great. great. We're talking, um... The Sakura that made fun of Sasuke and Arta for being orphans. That is the Sakura we're talking about here. <laughs> pretty pretty so, bad. Uh, all right, everyone. I think that is all the time we got today, though. Uh, as always, everyone, um, I didn't I didn't do our little self-service plug in the beginning, self-promo, but uh, we do have a Discord. It's a lot of fun, and it's a great place to come chat with Lucas and I and meet uh, the community. We have a lot of great people in there that love to... Hang out chat about video games, chat about that latest episode, hash out thoughts. It's a good time. Uh, you can find the link to that Discord on our website. Thanks for playing.live. As well, you can also find the link to that Discord uh, on our social media handles on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. Uh, we're also on TikTok as well at that same handle. And of course, maybe you want to shoot us an email um, with a discussion or concern perhaps, or maybe uh, some hate mail. I'll take hate mail. Uh, you can shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. And as always, if you're listening on Spotify, remember to follow the podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, remember to leave a review, you know, and uh, subscribe to the podcast there as well. And hey, if you leave a review, leave a review tell, uh, tell us what... Girl Scout cookie, we would be. Um, I think I'm a thin mint. I think Lucas is a um, the what's the like coconut one?
0: Oh, I hate coconut. Those are Samoas, right? Lucas is a Samoa. I really, I really am not. (laughs) I'd be a thin mint if anything. Just like, keep me in the freezer and just like, (laughs) well, I'm the ice man. So I'm in the freezer. Oh, you are the ice man. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you're the thin mint then. All right, everyone. Um,
1: Lucas, where? Oh, you can find me online. Uh, Twitter, good idea, Matthew. Lately, you can find me tweeting about and retweeting and complaining about the state of the U.S. men's national soccer team. Um, <laughs> as of this date, we are, have tied Canada and tied El Salvador. We have two points in qualifying, and it is not looking promising that we'll make it to the 2022 World Cup. Um, at that point, I will commit sepoku, sepoku, whatever it's called. Sepoku, Sapuki. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Uh, cool. Yeah. If you want to find me online, you can find me on our Discord. Uh, you can find the Discord most easily if you go to thanksforplaying.live, which yes. is our website. Find an easy link to the Discord there. Um, I'm one of two people in the highest role in that Discord. You'll find me, Lucas. Uh, shoot me a DM if you'd like. Uh, hate mail, just like Matt says. I'll take some hate mail. No problem. Uh, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Good Idea Lucas. Love it. <sighs> Alright, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing.
1: Catch you next time. Skip it about. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna, and our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Rochelle Bunch Red Circle.